just you get to choose. Like here's here's the scenario: the the environment gives us something which can be perceived as negative, can be perceived as not working, can be perceived as problematic. The world's ending. So we get to choose to see it like that, or we get to see choose to see it as an opportunity. So clearly, that it's my responsibility now to do that for other people. If I have information, and you know, other people's success is my success, and vice versa. Because you know what, like the challenges or the roadblocks are the journey themselves. There's no big things. It's all little things compounding on top of each other. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good night, wherever you're coming in from. Is a another episode of Provise Coach podcast. Some truth, truth seeking here as well. I'd like to explore today, Coach, a subject which is not a new subject, but surprise, like all the concepts and principles we work with are pretty much been around forever. But I'd like to get a bit deeper, see if we get some more nuance today on the concept of beliefs and identity. Uh, because I think there's so much in this space. And because it is so fundamental, I find that it oscillates for me, like something I think about a lot for a while, and then I don't think about it for a, for a long time. And uh, it seems to come back with some more nuance. Um, perhaps we could start, if you're okay with this, as to, for you to give me what would be your definition of what identity is hmm. identity i think is something i try to escape as much as possible and i'll share what i mean by that like when Please. i identify when i identify myself as something then it puts me in the box of that thing <clears throat> i must act like that thing i must do the things that that person that that identity does and so i'm careful what meaning is assigned or what what attachments come with an identity. I, I am a coach, I'm a business coach. What does that mean? And perhaps it could be a good thing. Perhaps that kind of creates uh, structure and, and knowledge. Um, we just had a conversation the other day about our email signatures, right? And the difference between coach and master coach. I said, well, yeah. what, what does that mean? What's the difference for me? Right. And I thought you, I thought you, um, your point was interesting, like to convey a certain belief about, uh, what type of coach you are, right? So that was an identity in and of itself. So I, the reason I gave my initial answer is I think I, I have this fear of being trapped into something that I may want to get out of at some point. So I try not to have, but identity comes in the form of like, we, we have names, right? We were given a name at birth. Now we're, I'm not Josh Greco. Like I am, that's what people know me as, but like, what does that mean for me? So we could take this conversation in a number of different areas. And I don't know if I answered your question, but identity I think is something that we adopt so that we have purpose and meaning in our lives. Well, I actually love just what you just said because I don't, I'm trying to unpack that a little bit, right? Like on the one side, you don't want to, to associate with an identity because it puts you in a box. And then using your name as an example of identity is really interesting because people tend to be okay with having that why is identity but it's an identity they control the meaning of like it's not a it's not a uh, socially constructed identity necessarily where where people put things onto uh, like so if you behave a certain way people could think about you saying oh that's what josh does 
And so that's definitely identity, but it's their identity for you, not mm -hmm. your identity per se. And so when you're given a name at birth, it's like, well, what's this person going to be like? And then that your identity does get shaped as you grow and you move around, but ultimately it's fluid. It's not preconceived. This person's going to act like a Jason. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. <laughs> yes, identities are not uh, associated by at least first names. Maybe sometimes last names. Mm. Maybe sometimes last names. Uh, you know, comes from that well-to-do family or comes from like that. Like it, maybe there's an expectation around that, that identity mm. for sure. Uh, but, you know, what interesting what you first said about not wanting to be an identity, right? But, but it presupposes that that identity that you don't want to be or concerned about being in a box of is that it's not fluid, right? Like there's that box can't have the sides open or the shape can be changed. So I think that's actually my biggest distinction from what you've said so far, because hmm. I don't, I don't think I think of it like that. Uh, it's for me, the identity piece is always changing, right? It's like, if this is a, hmm. this, what's the identity? Well, I decide what it is. I also can observe what I see from other people and their behavior to what I can imagine what they might think of it as, but still I'm making that up as well. Uh, so that's really intriguing. Where, where does your mm -hmm. mind go next? Yeah, maybe just a, um, a qualifier here of, I believe it's a Tony Robbins quote, uh, the strongest force of the human condition is to remain consistent with the identity that we hold for ourselves. So I think you and I as coaches, we, we've heard that quote so many times and we operate from that when we talk about this conversation with identity, but uh, to think about that, right? I act in congruence with who I think I am. I think that's that was kind of the, the initial reasoning for your question. Do I have that right? Yeah, like I just, just play around with it, right? Because I think there's, I think that's that's true, right? Like what you define yourself to be is what you have to come back to being, right? So if you yeah. think that yeah. Yeah. you're a certain way, then even if you push yourself out of that behavior, you'll come back to the first way that you are. And the example why I always give, mm. like we talked about many times is about me with running. I never considered myself a runner. I'd say I'm not a runner. And as I started training martial arts 10, 12 years ago, I did some running because I had leverage. I'm not a runner, but I'll do it because of this. So I started to do it, therefore I got evidence that I did it. And I noticed one day I did a couple of 5Ks, I did that. I noticed myself saying, oh, I'm not much of a runner versus I'm not a runner. And then, you know, 10 years on, like I still run bits and pieces here and there, right? And I run 10 miles last Thanksgiving, which is by far the furthest I've ever run. But my, even though I got plenty of evidence that I'd run more and more, and then I didn't run at all until yesterday I run a mile like a two months or so break where I've not run at all and so although there's more evidence that I'm run but I'm not a runner yet like that's and so they're just I'm using language but that I believe to fit in that box but not, it, couldn't, it may not be that you fits in your box right but so do you do you think it's a decision that you make to say I am a runner and then you 
like the beliefs follow after that or is it more of like an internal like uh, your external is just matching your internal like oh i became a runner today i felt it internally so therefore i i believe it and can say it now with authority yeah i think i think that's a great distinction because why this runner thing is so intriguing for me is because i don't want to be a runner <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like i think that's the difference you're calling out right if i was to say like i really yeah. like running like i like the thought of being a runner like i want to be a guy that you're like this point that you're the runner then that that would be part of the evidence that i would i'd see more evidence that supports that i think that's like i wanted to be a martial artist right i wanted to be someone that lifts weights and is strong yeah Right. I wanted those things. And so I was much more intentional about doing it and like seeing evidence. Like I'm not there yet. I'm not yet. Oh, but I've done this and that. I want to know. I kept to it because I've got two drives. Whereas this running thing right. is almost like a consequence of other things. Like I know that there's some benefits <laughs> in doing it. Like it's something good to do. I know that there's some good mental benefit. Like any, like with any activity, that like any physical thing, there's going to be benefits to it. But running itself, like intrinsically, um, doesn't do a lot for me. But that said, it, I do have a different level of respect for it now than I did before, because mm. of all the because of experiencing it. Right. So there's a few ways to go about this, right? You could do something so much that you can't help but start to like it. If you start to do it enough, you'll start to get good at it. And if you start to get good at something, you start to like something. If you start to like something, you tend to do it more, mm. then you get better at it. And so it depends on how many different pillars or directional focuses that you've got in order to enact a new a part of your identity. Yes. Yeah. I was just thinking I had a humorous moment internally here of uh, the people who I know that identify themselves as runners. It's always, I, I'm a runner. Like, yes, I am. Versus like, I'm a runner. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, one, <laughs> no one's like not excited that they're a runner. Right. So to, back to the point of like, I don't want to be a runner. Like, I think, I don't know. I think identity, <clears throat> in order to adopt it, I think we have to accept it and to, to be willing to accept it. You know, I guess, and then where, where my mind goes after that is, uh, you know, it's been, this is, this is quite a shift from what, what we've talked about so far, but uh, prisoners in concentration camps, I'm pretty sure this happened in World War II, uh, they, they would degrade American prisoners in Japan, maybe, I, I might have this wrong, but uh, they would they would treat them so poorly that they started to identify themselves as as deserving their fate or what they were going through these poor conditions. So I wonder how that enters this conversation with like how we think about ourselves and our our own identities, and how easily that not easily but how that can be manipulated or how the environment impacts the way we actually identify identify ourselves in a positive way. Of like I am a runner, I am a positive identity, or like I am a I'm a failure, or I am a like whatever negative thing would be that would be like somebody on the outside would be like, really, are you? Like, I, I see the potential in you. You're not that thing, but people believe that about themselves, even in a, in a negative sense too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This can go either way, right? Like, like anything, whatever you believe to be true, you'll constantly be finding evidence to support that. And that's yeah. confirmation. Say, say, say that again. Say that again. That's a big one. Well, what, whatever you're moving towards you think is true, you're going to be constantly looking for evidence to support that. Yeah. Oh, look, here it is again. Oh, I see that again. There it is. Oh, yeah, see, I told you that was true. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and so a good trick actually to change and switch that around because like you, it's, it's comical, right? Oh yeah. Hi Nick. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm a runner. Right. Like it. Like, oh. <laughs> Disappointing. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. But it's because, because culturally we, we don't have negative connotations for people that are runners. Mm. I'm sure there's some people out there that don't like it or really don't like it, but I would suggest that majority people say runner, like they would take that as a positive thing only because it's, it's the rhetoric around what it means to be a runner is that there's some health attached to it. There's a commitment attached to it. There's discipline attached to it. Yeah. Right. And that, that those, those values. So I suppose it's the values that underpin the identity, whether we see it as positive or negative or not from a cultural perspective, mm. because we've, we, we value those values, values like we, we, we like those in the makeup of that particular identity based on the values. And then those things can, this good thing can, can things that transfer, right? It's like, oh, that's, that's important for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then but it's good exercise to go that around, right? So if there's, if you find that there's a piece of your identity that you don't resonate with or want to change, well, you get to choose to change either the meaning you're making up in that moment, or if you want to have new behavior because you want to go to a different identity, you can then make it up as well. Right? So choose what you make up. Uh, but a good way of like pushing yourself out of something to say, I don't want to be in this box of identity because it means this. Right. So you, like, you started this by saying, I don't want to be in that. I want to be in a box. I want to try and escape. Well, what evidence do you have coach that being in that box is something that you don't want? What meaning are you making up there? Yeah, I think it was just speaking to the point of whatever identity I have, even if it's a positive one, it's a trap or there are certain actions that follow that identity, even if it's a good one. So that was a resistance, like maybe a lack of freedom. Uh, And and I like what you said, like it it changes then, like you don't, you don't have an identity forever. So that was an interesting way to, to think about it for me. But uh, yeah, just the fact that there's a trap or that like I have to act in congruence with whatever identity. Here's the thing. It's happening even if we're conscious of it, right? That's what I actually just wrote down. Yeah. We're identifying ourselves in a certain way anyway because we're acting in a certain way, right? So there, there's something we can trace back that maybe starts unconscious. Maybe a good exercise is to ask ourselves what identity do we actually hold for ourselves and, and trace it back and identify what it actually is. Yeah, because then, because then, so the the game here, right? So we go back to beliefs, which are, I think, are subsets of identity. Like beliefs are individual, identity is global, if you will. Um, I'm not, so I'm not you, sure what you mean by that. What do, what do you mean by that? So, so identity is all the thing, all the things wrapped up in one particular box. Right to your okay. point. A belief could be a situational specific belief. Mm. So a bunch of beliefs together will create an identity. Right, wow. So like a situational specific is that that person does that in that situation. Or that identity does that in that situation. It's not the whole identity. It's a part of it. I think that's a powerful way to think about it. Situational specific beliefs. Um, but ideally you want to say, okay, this identity does these things. I believe that this identity have these behaviors, these traits and these values. And so that such that if I can get to that identity, the results that I want will come 
effortlessly because I'll just be acting in kind with the behaviors that identity I believe supports. And so then what you're saying by like, that's dangerous because what if I don't want that after a while? It's like, well, that's okay because it does change. It's more of the actions that would require me to play that game. Like you, you kind of skipped, not skipped over that, but you said, well, I, I choose this identity because of the results I get with the actions that I take. I think what I'm saying is, yeah, the actions, like, don't forget about that. Like that's what, what I'm committing to when I adopt an identity. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So you just, yeah, you got, that's why you got to be very careful with the identities that you pick. Right. You know? And then, and then also conversely with the actions you take. Because if you don't, yeah, so, consider, right. So if I don't consider myself a runner, but for every day of the year I want, I run, <laughs> there's going to be a certain point, like I could reject it, but like there's going to be a certain point like, yes, I am, I'm a runner. Like there, there would be a point where there will be a conflict internally. Yeah. Um, because, and so that's what, from a negative perspective, it's like, like a, maybe alcohol is the other end of the spectrum of that conversation, right? Like if you, like I'm not an alcoholic, but are you drinking every day? It's like, it's fine, right? I'm not an alcoholic. Like, and then, but then you, there's got to be evidence around like what it means, what it does, and you explore it and go, what are the facts? Mm-hmm. But if you, yeah, you know, if you want to, you can play the game of like, going, okay, well, I want this identity because I want these outcomes, and but I'm but I'm concerned like with the ba- the parameters, the barriers of this identity, uh, then just change them, right? It's like. <laughs> not like it and maybe the other side of it is like i feel trapped but also like i feel safe Mm. and that doesn't i have clarity on the actions right yeah uh i wrote down something you just you just said to be careful with the identities you pick Uh, almost like this is a voluntary thing and i might pose this to you i I think i personally from my experience uh feel most in congruence when i'm when I'm tuning in internally and and staying true to the identity that's already there. Now, maybe that's a little bit too wishy-washy. Or like, it's, it, I, I frame it as like a spiritual thing. Uh, like, I am here because this. And I think that can change as well, right? Our spiritual mis- missions. But I think I feel most aligned when I tune in and let the internal direct what my external adoptions of identities are or and or, and or even the actions that come with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the difference oftentimes is in the intention, right? Is it like, how are you in, when you get to choose how you in, interpret what that internal feeling is? That's interesting work for me because uh, I find that challenging. Mm. What my internal, it's, it's my interpretation of what my internal is telling me to be. Hmm. Right, so maybe that's a muscle in itself or an identity in itself. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm just going to choose to do what my internal tells me to do. It's like, well, I think, I don't know how that manifests for you particularly, but I, that's not, that's not a thing. If I, that's a thing that's challenging for me to get yeah. to. And like, it's an in, instinct, right? Like, is it just like what the word that comes up to your, to your head quickest? Or is it like a feeling? How do you translate it? Yeah, I think it, I'm able to most or best access that uh, in my meditation. So maybe like a state between consciousness and unconsciousness. Um, It's funny that you say that. Like I see the external world as kind of getting in the way of that. Like there's so many things, there's so many 
games and structures of things that I have to play and participate in just because of the way the world works that I'm starting to have more resistance to that because of what my internal is telling me I could or should be doing. Uh, so my, I think my, the game that I'm currently playing is trying to listen as much as possible to what that internal is. And then, uh, like shape shifting and like maneuvering around all the external like systems and, you know, rules that the external world, uh, imposes on me so that I can eventually be so nimble in what I think my identity is as a soul, as a spiritual being that I can, I, I can learn to play amongst the external, um, I don't want to say rules because that's what I'm trying to overcome, but like there's, there's a scenario where I'm listening to my internal and I've, I've created such a game that I'm almost not even playing by the rules externally. I'm doing my own thing. And that, and to me, that comes in from an, an internal space first. So, okay. <laughs> so, no, I like, oh, it's cool. so you're, so you're saying externally, so your internal drive allows you externally to play, to not be hooked into expectations of what the external should be. More so that it's it's forcing them to show up all all the all the ways that like there are conflicts there, and and then that's where I get excited like to solve those or to resolve those or to mm. play with those. Maybe this is a part one, coach, because I think there's a there's a lot to delve into here. Um, uh, I sometimes feel like the work that you're able to do now, I'll probably do when I'm about sixty. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I, I feel like I just can't get there yet. Uh, and, yeah, um, but I. But also, maybe maybe I'm not as far away as I think. Just there's some connective tissue there that needs playing with. But I'd love to dive, dive back in, coach. But I go back to the start. For my takeaway here, really was around assumptions that uh, identities are, are boxes, and I wonder what else could could play with around on that. But mm. so you know, very interesting. I feel like I got you thinking. That's that's my something I'm excited about. It's just uh, we offer different perspectives here. I think, uh, and I, I didn't know a lot of that until we kind of talked through it. That those were my beliefs, but uh, I think what I'm taking away is is the the freedom maybe and the ability to define identity in terms of external and internal. I, I hadn't really thought of that too much before either, uh, although I think I was or I have been doing that. Uh, but what does that mean? Like, what does that imply? And I think that's kind of where we're going with part two. Maybe we talk a little bit more about what that could mean. And I'll tell you why. This is what I leave with. I don't want to wait until I'm 60 to to think about that. Because my, my biggest fear is that I play these external games that all these other people have implanted up, upon me. And then I figure out, like, I could have done it differently. I could have done it my own way. Or I could have listened to that voice before, you know, yeah. two-thirds or three-fourths of my life were, were gone. I want to blaze that trail for myself right now. And that's where I think the real magic happens. And I, I get to enjoy my life uh, to the utmost uh, before I get to that age. Yeah, I think that's a really good distinction as well. Um, I, I think I've done a lot of that. I feel like the work that I do now externally is really very clearly for me by choice. It mm. has its own struggles, but I spend a lot of time not thinking that way at all, right? Just not having the awareness to think about Mm -hmm. any other like why like why is it just classic why is it this way you know what, what opportunities are going to pop up for me rather than what am i going to go forward and make make the case right because I, mm -hmm. I suppose then that's my fundamental is like 
I I create like we're in charge of our our lives. I create my life. Yeah, that's the biggest switch for me to start to move towards where I am now. Ten years ago, or whatever it was, is that to stop looking to find something and just to go create mm. the thing. Yeah. So I, I, maybe that's that's where like in that space that we're different in the fundamental the belief piece, right? Because sure. it sounds for me like you're looking internally for what it is, and I. I couldn't find some because I didn't know what I was looking for. It's like I could, it could be right there in my front of my face. I couldn't see it because I didn't know what I was looking for. <laughs> right. So but you just go create it, it. Right. As soon as it was like, oh, go create the thing that you feel right now is the right thing. Right. Is why I'm talking to you right now. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Great stuff, coach. Yeah, really good stuff. Good, good thinking right. about here. Mm -hmm. See you next Take time. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching another episode of Truth Seekers. We appreciate your interaction. So please comment, like, subscribe to YouTube, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more, check out some of our links. Links to our masterclass, The Achiever's Mindset. And come join our LinkedIn group. And what do you want to see more of? Remember, we're here to share the simple secrets of successful. So help us do that. What do you want to see? What do you want to see more of? Thanks and see you again next time.